Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 151 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Passion Play from Providence, Rhode Island. And if I'm being honest, I just found out about them. I just heard about this band, and I just heard about this band in my favorite way to hear about any bands. They sent me a fucking email, all right? They sent me an email to Dan at gettingitout.net and said, here's our music. Would you mind playing it on the show? And I, as always, said, of course I will. In fact, I'll play it tomorrow. So uh, that's today. So that's what you're hearing right now. Uh, That track was called Stumbling. It's off of an EP that they just put out on Bandcamp. Uh, The whole thing's up there. You can listen to it. Uh, It's got some pretty cool tracks. They're going to... They're gonna they're gonna put do a small run of tapes. It sounds like uh, with Illuminate My Heart Records and Gene Scene Creamers. That's an interesting name for a label. Um, and then eventually this will be a seven inch. But uh, you know, let's not look too far forward. Let's just enjoy what they got out there for us to listen to right now. Go check it out. Uh, what's the full uh, the full album called? The full EP called? It's called uh, maybe it's just called Passion Play. I think it's just a I think it's just a self titled effort. And it came out uh, back in October October eighteenth to be specific. Uh, four piece out of Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island, Rhode Island probably has had more hardcore bands than I can think of right now. But the only one that always comes to mind immediately is uh, Product of Waste. 
And uh, that's a reason enough to check out anything that comes out of Providence, Rhode Island. So uh, everybody go check out Passion Play. Of course, I'll have the directions, the instructions. It's a fucking link. It'll be a link in, in the show notes for you to find them. Okay, so what else is happening on this episode? Well, I've got an interview with Matt Fox of Shai Halud. Very important to me because Shai Halud was a very important band to me. Still are. Love these guys. Uh, for, for years, I've loved this band, and I'm so stoked to have him and have this conversation and share it with you. So let's do the quick version of the Hot Zone intro and get right into this episode. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury me! All the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Why you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We'll be getting it in! Why you getting it out? What is happening, everybody? Welcome. To December. I mean, I know this is the second episode of December, but now it really feels like December because it's really fucking cold. Although, I did manage to go outside and run this week, and of course I picked the day when it was snowing. And uh, I don't know what that was. I feel like I had to do it. And uh, I'm impressed with myself, but also I'm embarrassed when I step on the scale and realize how fat I am at this point in time. It's happening again. I gotta say though, I'm, I'm starting off at about a, f- a five pound difference than I did last year, so that's good. All right, last year I was five pounds heavier going into this, This probably, probably 10 pounds if I'm being honest, probably 10 pounds heavier than I am at the moment, so that's all right. So now you know where I stand, and now you can get a good idea of my BMI, and we can move on with this episode, if you don't mind. We can talk more about my uh, my general health, but I don't think we need to get all into that. Um, well, speaking of general health, I see the vaccine. The news got interrupted by the news. This, that's what happened earlier today. I was watching the local news, which is awful, but I like to check it out sometimes. Watching the local news, and it got interrupted by the federal news. Is it really the federal news? I don't know. The the <laughs> It got interrupted by the, the network. And it was Lester Holt, and he was like, you think that's some news? Here's some fucking news for you. And uh, he said basically... That the FDA is okay with Pfizer's vaccine and uh, they're going to let it be distributed or something like that. I don't know. You know, this is this is Cliff Notes version. This is me just trying to watch the news and then you got two kids that just keep interrupting even though you're like, hold on, this is important. I want to hear this. Then suddenly they need to know like what color is soup. You know, something like a do you have the tape was probably a question. That's it's always the question. Do I have the tape? I never have the tape. I don't carry the tape with me. I don't know anybody who does. I don't have the tape. Anyway, Lester Holt goes on to say some more things about the vaccine. And uh, and then it started making me think, like, do I want to get the vaccine? And the answer is yes, because I've I'll t- I've taken all the other vaccines without any question, right? I make fun of the people who don't take the vaccines. I get the flu shot every year. That's really just been a test thing I've been doing. Uh, I decided to get the flu shot a couple years ago because they offer it for free at my company. It, while I was working, so I was like, yeah, I'll get that thing. And then I'll get it another year, the, the following year. And if I don't get sick in two years, then I'll keep getting the flu shot. And that is exactly what happened. But I got to tell you, this is the first year I didn't get the flu shot because I haven't been working on site. Anyway, more about my health. So you guys are well up to speed on my uh, on my medical records. Uh, I hope you can uh, report these to the doctor better than I can because I suck at it. I'm always just like, everything's fine. Uh, nothing hurts. I just wish it all will go away. Eventually it does. And if it doesn't, I forget about it. Anyway, so, I, so I, I've been pretty friendly with vaccines. Uh, I, I'll take them all, right? But suddenly 
I'm like, man, should I get this vaccine? And again, the answer is yes. But I'm thinking like it's funny that I think about it. It's funny that I consider not doing it while I'm I'm also about to crack open a beer I just bought. Like this, <laughs> I just bought a gas station beer from Sheets that says it's brewed with Sheets donut holes. I'm like, yeah, a donut beer. I'll buy that and drink that immediately. And what's worse is over the summer when they had a hot dog beer, it said brewed with Sheets hot dogs. I was like, yeah, I'll drink that immediately. And I did. But here I am with like a vaccine that could save my life or, or people that I love's lives or whatever, who, somebody's life. It doesn't matter whose. And uh, I'm like, well, I don't know what's in this thing. And that's not really it. I don't know. What, it's, is it because it's the government? Man. When I start thinking and trying to be smart, it's a disaster. I always get lost in my thoughts and I can't point myself in the right direction. Because that's what happens when you're not a smart person. Because like smart people, when they when they contemplate on something, they come up they come up with a solution usually, or they come up with an idea where they say, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll do this. I'll, I'll I'll do this little experiment." But when dumb people like myself start thinking about things, we just get even more confused, and then we don't do anything. And uh, that's 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 how we ended up here, right? There's too many of people like me that we just we just get complicated. And see, and look at my language doesn't even make sense here. This is a problem. I need to slow down. And but but in my brain it doesn't slow down. It just keeps going. And then I keep making excuses for things. And then like like uh, medical issues, you just hope it sorts itself out and <laughs> you just kind of go on autopilot. And uh, hopefully that's not the route I'm going to take with this one. But look, you guys got me started, and uh, now I can't stop. But speaking of this Sheets beer that's made with donut holes, I'm drinking it right now. Uh, it's one pint. It's 6% alcohol. It's 20 IBUs, which uh, for those that don't know, means it's not bitter. That's like a bitterness scale. I don't know what I, the, the I, the B, and the U stand for, but uh, it's got something to do with bitterness. And if it's got a high IBU, that means it's bitter. If it's got a low one, that means it's smooth, right? Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean it's good, because I bet like a like a Coors Light has like a fucking zero IBU because it's like water. Uh, and I'm not here to beer shame. I'm not one of those people. I mean, I kind of am, but I'm trying not to be uh, in case you, my listeners, are. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's that's what's happening here. I'm drinking this this Project Happy Holidays. And it's uh, and it's it's OK. It's fine for 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 a, for an eight dollar four pack at the gas station. So it's, it's pretty good for that when you when you all things considered. OK, moving on. You might have noticed in the feed. When you went to click on Getting It Out podcast today or yesterday, that there is a uh, a secondary episode that came out this week, but in fact that is Getting It Out Radio. Uh, what is that? You might ask. Don't we hear enough of you? You might say. The answer is uh, you do, but this is kind of a solution so you don't have to hear a lot of me. Um, Getting It Out Radio is a specific thing that I have made up for Patreon subscribers. What is Patreon, you say? Well, if you go to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast, you will find that there are now three ways to support Getting It Out Podcast monetarily. Yes, that means you, uh, you, 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 you sign up to give me money monthly. Now, I know, that sounds ridiculous. It's a stupid concept. Why would you want to do that? Well, because when you do that, I'm able to do this. And not like I couldn't before, but it does get a little costly, and it'd be nice to uh, put a little debt in that. Now, that doesn't mean you don't get anything for it. Um, what you get out of this, there's a $1 tier, which I will immediately send you a sticker and a button. Uh, I've already done that for quite a few people, and I've already been told that they got them. I hope if you sent, if you signed up for any of the tiers, you've gotten that already. If not, reach out to me. I'll take care of it immediately. Um, the second tier, I'll get you that sticker and the button. 
and I'll get you access to Getting It Out Radio. That's what you see in your feed right now. Getting It Out Radio is going to be, uh, I don't know how often I'm going to do it. I think we're going to do it pretty often because it's pretty easy to do and it's fun. Um, but it's going to be basically a playlist uh, that I come up with on my own. Or maybe I might, I might bring in some outsiders you know, to help me to, to get their, their input. Maybe a feature some people have them come up with their whole own thing. That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, it's 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 less talk and more rock, basically. Uh, a little bit of information about the songs, but that's it. It's going to be at least an hour long every time, and uh, it'll be cool. But that first episode that's out there right now for all of you is the only one that's going to be out there for all of you. The rest from now on are going to be on the Patreon. That you can get starting at the $2 tier, which is tier number two. Only $2. All right, and then the third tier is uh, is the, the big kahuna. That's $3 a month. And it'll be getting it out radio. It'll be the sticker and the button. It'll be a little bit of an episode preview. You'll be able to see who I'm going to be talking to in the future. And uh, there's going to be the episode archives. If you look, I've already started archiving early episodes of the podcast. Why would you want to go back and listen to some stuff I said in the past? I don't know. Maybe you want to find out what I was talking about when I referenced an episode where I was with Nickelback on 9-11. Go. Go try to find that right now. It's in the archives. You can't get it. All right? You got to pay me $3 to get that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pay me $3 to get that story, all right? Or you just ask me, I'll tell you. But uh, but yeah, so that's how that works. And to me, the coolest part of this is uh, the $3 tier is that it gets you automatic entry for the giveaways that I'm going to set up. Uh, you'll see them soon. They're coming out on, I'll do them on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. It's just going to be basically a, a share this post and tag me. And I've got a healthy stack of CDs, LPs, there's shirts, uh, there's uh, seven inches, there's stickers, there's pins, there's there's all sorts of cool stuff. There's some out of print records in there too. I gotta be I gotta be really clear. There's some very cool things um, in this in this giveaway box. So I'll be doing that. And like I said, that third tier gets you automatic entry into that every time, so you won't have to worry about it. Just sit back, relax, and hopefully collect your winnings. Um, you can come out on top. That's that's the thing with this. Um, all right, but that's it. That's that's what's happening with Getting It Out Radio. So check it out. It's got some cool tracks on it. Some you might have heard me talk about before. Um, a lot of past guests. And, uh, you know, it's it's whatever I want to be on there, like I said. Okay, so I've talked a lot already. And Matt and I are going to talk some more. Uh, so why don't we just get into that? First, I'm going to play you a classic track from Shai Halud. It's Set Your Body Ablaze. And then we're going to get into the conversation with Matt Fox. <laughs> Upon heat, upon Yeah. 
Hello. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Just uh, plucking at the guitar a little bit. Yeah, do you do that often? <laughs> you know what? I don't. <laughs> uh, uh, I used to. Uh, in fact, somebody asked me a while, I mean, years ago, um, do I ever think that I'll stop playing music? And I said that, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing myself, but I said something like, if it ever becomes instinct for me not to pick up my guitar when I have a spare moment, then maybe. Because uh, at that time, whenever I had a spare moment, I was always playing my guitar. Now when I have a spare moment, it's, it's the last thing that I touch. So I won't tell you what the first thing I touch is. <laughs> um, well, well, unf well, unfortunately, we're all using our imaginations now. <laughs> yeah, well, you might want to take a bath. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I really don't play the guitar all that often, um, much to the dismay of some of my bandmates who want to, you know, write new material and such. But uh, I've been making I've been trying to make it more a habit to pick it up um, more often than I have done in the past year. Well, that's that's kind of been the funny thing about this year is that, uh, you know, you think it'd be the time for everybody to get back into the thing that they wanted to do. You know, we got we got all this downtime and nowhere to go. But I don't think it worked like that. No, well, for some, maybe not for me. Uh, I, I've been in school uh, this year uh, taking online classes. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. And when when I'm not reading for school uh i tend to just veg out and watch a movie or something but uh yeah for me this year uh playing guitar has been pretty nil yeah what are you going for school to school for uh health information management um something in the healthcare field something i can do remotely you know given the times yeah and uh something that i i i could feasibly still play music while doing I see. That makes sense. That's that seems like a good path. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I didn't I didn't strike it rich in music, so uh, <laughs> I have to have a I have to have a real job, as as many of us do. So uh, yeah, that's the path that I'm going down. And like I said, one of the main um, attractions to it was that I could work remotely and feasibly still play shows and get work done while on the road. Um, you know, if, if touring ever does come back, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't mention it yet, but of course <laughs> you are Matt Fox from Shy Halud and I am Dan. Oh, this is getting yeah. it out podcast. Glad to have you. Hey, thanks for, for inviting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I've, I've, and I, I wanted to do that because like you, you mentioned, you play in this band and you've been playing music for a very long time for a band that I've loved for a very long time. When I was in, when I was, you know, I don't know, 16, 17, 18, Shy Halud was probably my favorite band. I, I loved you guys. I, I felt like I saw you every weekend, even though that wasn't even close to the case. But, uh, but it was, but you guys were like a, a very big deal to me back then. And I'm, and I'm, and I love that you exist in some capacity. What capacity does Shy Halud exist in at this point in 2020? Well, I I don't know. I mean, we have, a, believe it or not, we have a full lineup. Um, you know, we were prepared. We were, Not only were we prepared, we were booked and had flights scheduled and everything to go over to Europe for uh, a week or two. 
we had a festival and there was also furnace fest um that was supposed to happen a couple months ago yeah but everything was was you know postponed or well I, let's just say postponed <laughs> not canceled but you know postponed until whenever we can do it again so where do we exist in 2020 um we're here we're around we haven't practiced much we uh, in theory, well, I already, I already gave up my piece and said that I, ha- I don't play guitar all that often, but <laughs> we all should be keeping up on our respective instruments and, you know, so we know, so we, we can play what we play, uh, and be ready next time we practice. Um, I'm, I'm sure I will be, and I know the other guys will be. So yeah, we exist, but we exist in the COVID times. Um, there's talk of, writing and recording some stuff, you know, what that will be or when that will be. I have no idea, but Shiloh is a band, um, regardless of, of the fact that I don't play guitar as often as I used to. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's where we exist in these, uh, COVID times. Well, that's good. That's, that's good news to me because I, I mean, I've, I I I, I, I want to say I never got out of touch with you guys, but then I feel like I have. But then I feel like you you guys have kind of uh, done your own thing for a while. You kind of ebb and flow in, in, into the picture, out of the picture. Uh, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my perspective. Um, no, but... I, I I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, you're talking about a band that has put out albums every five years as opposed to every one or two. Sure. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, we've always kind of uh, gone our own path. I mean, if if I was knowing what I know now, if I was 23 again, uh, I would be writing more consistently and I would be more focused on staying more current by releasing material every year or two rather than every five years. But the manner in which we've done it has at least in my opinion and some other people's opinions, uh, in the manner we've been doing it has allowed us to record fairly decent records that, uh, people seem to still enjoy. So, uh, yeah, um, we exist and, and we will be recording something in the future. I just can't say what or when. I, yeah. Not not because I can't. I just don't know. <laughs> That's fair enough, then. But so you you mentioned the you know the 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 frequency of your recording. But like f- for me, I feel like early on it felt like there was a lot of stuff out there. Maybe it's just because I came. Maybe because I came around a couple years later. Like I don't think I got into you guys well, until maybe like two thousand. And uh, so then there was well, already a couple uh, of records to pick from. Yeah, sure. Well, we 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 released. I mean, we started off good. <laughs> we did, you know, we did the, uh, our first seven inch and our first album uh, came out both the same year, 1997. So yeah. that's something for us. And then we followed that up with a split with Indecision the next year. Um, so I, I guess in early on, we, we did pretty good, 97, 98. Then I think the next thing that we really released, aside from maybe like a cover or something, was... Uh, are split with another victim. Um, that was, I think that came out in 2000. That was, that was the, that was my introduction, I believe. Oh, okay. That was, that was where Um, I hopped on board. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, that was a that was a fun period. You know, that's when we just got gear in the band. Our, our, I guess technically our third singer, if uh, you know, counting Damien who sang on our demo, and then obviously Chad, and then Gear. But yeah, that was a, that was a good era for us, and that lasted a good three, four years or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, our second full length album was five years after our first album. Uh, that was in Buddle Tempered. The second record came out in 2003. And from then on, it's just been a trend that it's been every five or so years. Um, now we've, you know, we're past that, unfortunately. But uh, like I said, something will come out eventually. You know, it's a couple of things are funny there. Is that like, I'm glad you said uh, Geert's name because that just confirms I've been saying it wrong for 20 years, as I suspected. Because I don't think anybody's name is Gert, and I've been saying that for uh, sure. for a, for a very long time. So I'm glad you said that. Well, we, we used to call him Gertrude, so that worked. But yeah, that's that's pretty close. But then second is because that that his his little era in the band that was that was like my peak involvement where I felt like I was seeing you guys all the time. I remember seeing you on. I I just remember like you know. Maybe the Trocadero in Philadelphia was like you guys in the Haunted and Cataclysm and Darkest Hour, like a total metal thing. But you guys sure. were on there as well. And, you know, just like tours. Like, I remember seeing you um, right down the road from where I live now in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with Andrew WK. It was just you two, just Shy Hood and Andrew WK. And I don't know. It was You guys were, you kind of transcended a couple of different genres for me. And it was, it felt really unique. And it still does. Oh, what, yeah. When I listened, I listened. I was listening back to some of the earlier records today, this afternoon while working, and I was still thinking, "There's, there's still nothing that really sounds like this." You guys really, you know, made your own thing, and I think that's that's one of the things that's mostly been interesting about you guys. Oh well, uh, I, I always wanted it to be different. Um, I, I, I've said this before, but I, if we do sound different. Well, I, I've said this many times before. I've said uh, we sound like everybody and we sound like nobody at the same time, you know. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel that way. I feel that way about most bands, you know. Uh, I've heard it before, and yeah, it's new at the same time. But um, <laughs> uh, I always credit our sound just because I was ripping off different bands and everybody else was ripping off. You know, when uh, when In Flames, I got into In Flames about three to five years later than everybody else did. So when everybody was ripping off, uh, you know, Swedish metal, I, I was still uh, infatuated with an old skate punk band called JFA. Yeah. yeah. You know, Jerry Foster's or, or Army, friend, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who I'm looking at their, one of their records framed hanging on my wall <laughs> at the moment. Um, but yeah, you know, between kind of taking things from JFA a little bit from, uh, you know, some of my metal favorites like Metallica, Testament, Voivod, Nuclear Assault, and also uh, hardcore bands like Burn and also our friends Strongarm from Florida. You know, I, I think all those bands that I mentioned, if you put them in a blender, you get something that sounds similar to Shy Hulud. I think that's fair, and I think uh, I, I mean I've seen I've mentioned you I've seen you mention those influences before, and when when I listen to them when I listen for it I can hear it. Um, but are, are there any things that are there any influences that you feel like you have musically that don't really show that that would be hard for somebody to put their finger on? Uh, well, 
Not, I mean, I mean, if you listen to Voivod, then you put on Shai Hulud, you're not going to hear a Voivod, an overt Voivod influence. Sure, yeah. But I, I mean, I listen to, uh, but, but musically, Voivod is a, a major influence on me. Huge. Uh, but, you know, I also, another major inspiration is the, the, I don't even know what you would call them, alternative pop band. Uh, they might be giants. We know who they are. Yeah. They do the song for uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 They, yeah. They, they did Malcolm in the Middle. They do a lot of fun yeah. stuff. That's one of my all-time favorite bands, and I would consider them a huge influence. Not necessarily on the sound produced by Shai Hulud, but, uh, you know, on me personally, uh, big influence. So is shit, for that matter. So is Enya. And so is Queen. You know, but um, that, well, Queen could never be produced by Shia Lude. I, I <laughs> Well, I actually, maybe by our other guitar player. Our other guitar player is a hell of a lot better than I am. And uh, he could replicate some stuff like that. I, I couldn't begin to. Uh, I write what I write because it's all that I can play. <laughs> you know, uh, my I I am not as nearly as proficient as any of my influences. Um, you know, I, I could only hope to play that well, but or or write that well. But like I said, I think my influences are great, and I I, I borrow from them here and there. But that's uh, yeah, that's what I do. I guess all of us steal from someone. Yeah, we gotta and then make it make it our own thing. Well, how, how did you get into all this to begin with, anyway? How did you find Voivod or JFA or or any of these more? Um, I don't. Yeah, I guess we'll use the word extreme uh, bands, genres. How, how did you find hardcore metal and all that? Uh, well, from as long as I can remember, I, I always liked uh, what was a little meaner or angrier than everything else. You know, like when my friends were listening to Madonna, I was listening to Journey. You know, not that Journey is so angry or mean. It's a a touch meaner. But it was a touch meaner than Madonna. Yeah. You know, know, Kiss was based just purely on their appearance, was my first favorite band. So I was always attracted to rock and, and like hard rock, whether it was just the look or the sound. Um, uh, Ironically, my first favorite band because of the music was men at work, which isn't again, <laughs> is not remotely mean or angry, but to this day, I still, another big influence is Colin. Hay. I love Colin Hay and men at work, but uh, yeah, without sidetracking, I was always mostly attracted to the heaviest thing that I could find at the time. Um, you know, I remember a friend of mine and I, uh, we were probably around nine or 10 and we were with his mother who took us to a music store and she said you could both buy one cassette each. So we started looking around then we veered off from each other and we came back and met up. We had both grabbed our tapes and we're looking at each other like we're both crazy. I'm looking at him. He had Michael Jackson off the wall and I had lost the last command. And I remember us just looking at each other quizzically because neither of us could understand why the other would buy that tape. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He looked at me like I was, yeah, he looked at me like I was crazy. What the hell is Wasp? And I looked at him like he was crazy. I don't know if it was off the wall or thriller. It was one of the two, but I looked at him like he was crazy simply because you can hear these songs every time you turn on the radio. 
you know, what do you need the cassette for? Yeah. Um, but Wasp, you couldn't get anywhere. So from Wasp, it went to Motley Crue, who quickly became like my, my favorite band. But before that, you had your Def Leppard's Van Halen's Twisted Sister, which was a big influence, Quiet Riot. Uh, but then I finally graduated to Motley Crue on Shout at the Devil. And that became my all-time favorite band, like as far as I was concerned. I was probably 11, 12 at the time. As far as I was concerned, that was the that was it for music. Uh, until a year or two later, when 1986 came out and Master of Puppets was released by Metallica. Once I heard Metallica, that was really home, uh, and, and it's been home ever since. So from Metallica, that's where you you know you get into Slayer releases. Um, uh, what the hell is it called? Rain and Blood the same year. Megadeth releases. He sells the same year. I think the following year, Anthrax comes out with Among the Living. So, you know, I just followed that rising trend of thrash metal at the time, uh, you know, and then veering off into your nuclear assaults, uh, Celtic Frost or Celtic Frost, however you prefer to say it. Um, and, and that eventually brought me to Voivod, Testament, and all those bands which is arguably arguably my favorite type of music is thrash metal. 80s thrash is what I grew up on, and it, it's still home for me. I mean, like I said, I listen to other things. Uh, I've, been on a, I've been on a shadowy man on a shadowy planet kick. I don't know if you know who they are. No, I've never heard of that. What is that? Uh, do you remember the old TV show, Canadian comedy show called uh, Kids in the Hall? Yes. Okay, they did the theme song, that really catchy theme song. Hmm. If you recall it. I don't or recall it, no. Go Google it. Yeah. Yeah. If you Google it, it might sound familiar. Anyway, this band Shadowy Men on the Shadowy Planet, it's like an instrumental rock band. Uh, I think they hate it when you call them like a surf rock band, but uh, that's how they would get categories. <laughs> yeah, but I know what you mean when um, you say surf rock, so I say, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's in that genre. But I've been on a big uh, Shadowy Men kick lately, one of my favorite bands for the past 20 years. But... Um, if I'm not listening to like shadowy men, they might be giants smoking popes. Uh, it's still in, in 2020, it's still coroner who I've been listening to all day today, a Swedish metal band, or, you know, I've been rocking to the new Testament that just came out earlier this year. Uh, thrash is still, still my, my, my go-to when, when I'm listening to music, if, if I'm, you know, putting something on just to chill, to chill, to chill and listen to. It's always thrash metal. I know that sounds crazy, but that's no, primarily. I, 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 to I totally understand that. And, and there's a thing about specifically that era of thrash metal that I don't, I don't understand why it can't be replicated. Like there are plenty of <laughs> capable, capable musicians trying to play thrash metal and playing good thrash metal over the last whatever 30 years but they are not doing it like they are not doing it the way they did and it can't and even the guys who did it can't do it <laughs> yeah you're you're not wrong you're not wrong um well i will say this uh i i don't i i Megadeth's last album was pretty good what is it called dystopia yes it was that. yeah yeah but but a couple records before that or two or three records, they released an album called Endgame. And when Endgame came out, I was, I, it's got to be close to 10 years ago now. Um, can't believe that time flies. 
But when, when they put out Endgame, I was really blown away. I thought, holy shit, out of all the metal bands still playing from back in the day, Megadeth is, is the most at the top of their game. Because I thought Endgame was really a, a, a great throwback, but it was also a great modern metal record. Now, I, I, I'm still a Megadeth fan, but now I, I, I give that title to Exodus. I think the last few Exodus albums have just been fucking spectacular, even though they changed singers. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they, they switched uh, up there. Yeah, they had Rob Dukes for, for three or four records, and then they just got Zetro back a few years back. Um, but it, the, the Exodus comeback records, um, the first one they did, the first comeback record, I don't remember what year it was, was called Tempo of the Damned. 2004. And, that yeah. 2004 yeah yeah that record is such a killer and i remember hearing that when it came out in 2004 and i thought wow this is the best exodus has ever been and i followed them since then but as far as go you know piggybacking off what you said if if i had to give it to one band that's still recording killer thrash metal up to par, if not surpassing their classic material, it would be Exodus. Uh, at least as far as I know. I mean, the last Testament album, which just came out again this year, is great. Uh, but I think Exodus sounds the freshest and the most classic and modern at the same time. That's, uh, that's a good point. The, the last, the last I mean, it might be the last one they came out with, I don't remember, but I really liked their Blood In, Blood Out record. Um, but yeah, that's the last one. That's the last one? Oh, that's, that's a few years yeah. ago. Um, but uh, yeah, there's. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the 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 Megadeth Endgame one because I thought that was good too. And then there was uh, Super Collider, which which I don't think I've heard. It, no, okay. Well, then I need you for your own experience <laughs> to go on to Spotify and listen to it with Mustaine's commentary. There's a version you can listen to where he comments on how great this album is the entire way through. Really. <laughs> And as you can imagine, uh, he's wrong about most of it, but it's but it's just a really it's a really funny listen, and it's not that good of a record. But I do feel like he came back again with a couple records after that. That dystopian one is re- is really cool. Yeah, um, I, I think I remember hearing Super Collider. Uh, not that I've heard the record, but I, I remember hearing that it wasn't good. However, I also heard that about the one that was directly after Endgame, which. If I remember correctly, I liked. I think it was called Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I liked that record. It was slower, and it it wasn't nearly as killer as Endgame. But I remember finding a lot to enjoy with Thirteen. I, I probably haven't Endgame. I listen to still uh, pretty often. Thirteen. I don't think I've listened to since the year it came out. But I remember enjoying it. Uh, you know, I'll have to go back. It just might be pretty unfair for us to be critical of people who set the bar so high for themselves, and now that they don't, <laughs> yeah. now they don't live up to it every time. We're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But yeah, but I you know, feel particularly bad. I oh well, hey, I like Hardwired, and okay. I liked and I liked most of Death Magnetic. So I I'm I'm one of those people. Yeah, I. I... <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I went out and bought, I bought, I think the first day it came out, St. Anger. Um, I, I couldn't wait for it because I, not that I ever disliked Metallica and never have. Um, but I, I, I 
like all the Metallica stuff that I grew up with, I still love. And I even love the Black Album, which I didn't grow up with. Someone had to force feed it to me yeah. for me to admit that I liked it. And I eventually couldn't deny that it's a good record. But, you know, when Load and Reload and all that stuff came out, I definitely lost the interest. Uh, I still, to this day, never heard those records. I've heard maybe the hit songs, you know, Give Me Fuel, Give Me Fire. Yeah. I don't know what the song is <laughs> called, but I, I, I believe it's Fuel. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I lost interest. But right around the time that St. Anger was coming out, I, I, got, I had a resurgence in my life in Metallica. And it, it just happened to match the time frame where they were promoting the release of St. Anger. I couldn't have been more excited. I went and I bought it, the, like I said, the first day. Uh, I, if I remember correctly when I was still doing like top 10 list of the year, I think I even put it in my top 10 list. Now thinking back to that, uh, you know, some years later, I think that was wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. Yeah. You can trick yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I really wanted it to be because whenever I hear one of some of the songs on it now, it's, it's, it's pretty tough to listen to and not because of the snare. I don't I I was like the only one that didn't really care about the snare as much as everybody else did. But the songs aren't that great. Even Death Magnetic uh didn't sell me as much as it sold everybody else. I like Death Magnetic, I like Hardwired. But I've said this for years and hopefully nobody in Metallica is listening to this. They won't. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Uh I'll tell them not to. I, I Okay, thanks. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, I've said this for years. The best that we'll ever get out of Metallica again will be another Black Album. Um, you know, they're they're going for, you know, with Death Magnetic and Hardwired, they're, they're trying to hit some of their classic heights. Um, and I, I guess, I think they touch upon it. There are some songs on Hardwired that I enjoy. But there's always a moment in every song where I, I, I just want to, you know, go to James and say, James, you know better than that. You know better. Than that. <laughs> I know you know better than that. Um, so I can't say I love either of the records, but I, I, I like them. But uh, again, forgive me for repeating myself. If, if Metallica fans are going to be lucky at all, we're going to get another really solid heavy metal record by them. Uh, you know, similar to the Black Album. And I, I would be all for it. Uh, I just don't understand sometimes where they're go, what they're going for. You know, Hardwired had half the song. Well, maybe not even half. A fourth of the songs were like thrashy. And some of the others were more load, reload kind of rock and roll. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird mixture of their of what they've done, which I guess... It should be allowed, right? They should be allowed to do. They should be allowed to do what to do that. <laughs> but we don't let them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, you, you said it. They set the bar so high for themselves. You know, I mean, it, it's arguable that Master of Puppets is the greatest heavy metal album or thrash record ever released. I mean, I, I know statistically, uh, you know, sales wise, it's got to be in the top five. It's yeah. not the top three. Um, so yeah, they set a pretty hard, uh, a pretty pretty hard, pretty high bar for themselves. <laughs> um, the fans, we want what we want, 
<laughs> you know, there's someone just like you came into Sky Hulu at the gear era. Yeah. You know, there's I still have friends in Florida who swear that the demo we did with Damien is the best thing that we ever did, and we're never going to surpass that. So just like you came into Halud there and there were Halud fans that would never go past the demo, uh, you know, there's someone from the load era of Metallica who doesn't think they're ever going to record a, rec- a record better than that. So, yeah, they can do whatever. If they, you know, it's like somebody said to me once when I, I asked them, I said, do you think we should continue being a band? And my friend said, well, are you happy? And that's the best question you could ask any musician or anybody who's creating. Are you happy? You know, and if Metallica wants to continue to write songs like Murder One, you know, one of the songs that I wasn't, even though it's about Lemmy and such, it wasn't one of my favorite songs off Hardwired. More power to them. Are you happy? Do you, you like playing this stuff? Then great. Then that's all that should matter. But like we've said, you know, we, we want what we want, and uh, they set the bar so high that no matter what they release, we're always going to want them to match that level. Well, that's that's very well said. And uh, and to go off of that, with, with you and your band, what, you know, like you said, you get you get met with, I mean, there's been, all right, we got it. There's been so many different members of your band. You are the only original guy left. This is true. Why... I mean, I'm glad you do, but why do you keep doing it? Well, like, why why not just start a whole new thing? I guess that that is a great question, Um, and I I I don't even know that I have an answer to it. The first thing that comes to mind is fear. Um, you know, I I don't know what there is to be afraid of, um, but. that might be part of the reason. I, I also think just, you know, off the top of my head, Shiloh's been around so long now that, and, and this, what I write is so synonymous with Palud Sound. It's so synonymous that in my, my other band, which is a small band called Zombie Apocalypse, yeah. uh, the one of the singers of that band uh, writes songs with me. That he writes songs uh, that are melodic, and I found one of them on YouTube the other day. Uh, and somebody, this song was entirely the song is called "You've Got Jail," and it was entirely written by um, who's now actually Hulu's bass player. His name is Eric Dell, and he's the singer in Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, he wrote the song on guitar, and somebody in the comments said, oh, you could tell Matt Fox's guitar anywhere, <laughs> which is, is hilarious, you know. So my style, which I guess is considered, you know, melodic, um, I, I feel like if I were to do any other project, somebody's going to say, ah, it's just another half, it's just a half-ass balloon, or or something relating to Shy Hulud anyway. Uh, so at this point, it just seems that if I'm going to continue on in this style, then I, it might as well be Halud. You know, I, I have no delusion of grandeur at this point. Now, anything that Shai Halud does is purely for artistic reasons and for venting reasons and for fun. 
uh, and, and to relate with people that are interested in relating to the members of the band through our music. So there's no delusions of grandeur. There's, uh, you know, I, I have no hopes that, hey, man, this next record, once we, once we get this new thing out, you know, that's going to be it for us. We're going to do, you know, we're, we're going to really break through, man. Uh, there's no more of that. And we had that mindset for a long time. You know, we, Charlie pushed and pushed and pushed, and we always wanted to be bigger than we were. Never quite got there. That's fine. Doesn't happen for everybody. Um, but now it's on the purest level that it could be. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, I don't want to say if, because it really is a matter of when. But when Shailu does release something else, it's going to be purely because the people that are coming together as Shailu now have something to say, musically and lyrically. Uh, so that's essentially, I, I think, is a beautiful thing. Um, and and I, I, I guess that's why, I mean, it, you, you know, you said it. I, I, I've been doing it for so long. I, it's just what I do now. Um, it won't be as often as it was, even though it wasn't all that often to begin with five years between records, but, um, starting another band, I, I just don't see that happening. I would join someone else's band for fun. Uh, I've always wanted to start a crust band, uh, you know, but slowly and surely I, I've been incorporating a lot of those riffs that I I've written for, uh, like a, a crust project that have bled their way into shy Halud. So who knows It's it's not impossible, but as long as I'm playing music, there's a really great chance that it's going to be released under the name shy Halud. So sorry for the long winded answer. Oh, that's a question. Don't apologize for that at all. And, and I, and I enjoy your answer because for, for a couple of reasons, one, because uh, a lot of conversations I have with people that, that have been playing uh, whatever style of music, well, we'll just say hardcore because that's what we're talking about. Hardcore for an extended period of time um, have kind of come to this realization maybe maybe later than they should have, maybe early. I don't know. But that, that we're, we're just doing this for fun. Like, the, the, like there's the only thing in this is just to be to enjoy it, you know, where before when a lot of us were younger, it seemed like there was some kind of different objective, but there was, there also seemed like there was a, a different uh, ceiling too. But, but anyway, um, and another thing that you mentioned in like you playing in a different band, I remember listening to the zombie apocalypse. Did zombie apocalypse do a record on indecision? Yeah. The first one and, we did was on indecision. And you were, you were on that one, right? Yeah. You're on all of them, right? Yeah. And, and to your point, I remember thinking, this is just sounds like fast shy. Hello. And and I don't know. Maybe that's just my, maybe that's because I knew you were in the band. Um, but and then and then the, so you you mentioning that got me thinking. Did, was the singer because I've seen you guys with so many hello with so many different singers. Was was that the guy who sung for Zombie Apocalypse? Did he sing for Shy Halud on a tour or something? Or was he in a band yeah. called Shallow Water Grave? Or or all these things true? And I'm getting them all combined into one. No, all of them are true. Uh, here, let me let me break it down and make it a little clearer. For okay. Uh, my 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 good friend Eric Dellen, um, he had a band that was his own, where he wrote and played everything uh, live. I think he played drums, but they were called Shallow Water Grave. 
Uh, he has been in zombie apocalypse since nearly the beginning. He's on every record, including the indecision record. Um, but at that point we had just called him in for just to do backups, but he had such a great voice. We said, yeah, why don't you just do, do more and more. And Ronan, the, the main, I guess you would, well, he's the lyric writer for, for zombie apocalypse, the main lyric writer. And one of the two singers, he liked Eric so much, uh, vocally. They said, yeah, let's just have him join the band. So yeah, Eric was the primary guy in shallow water grave one of the two singers in zombie apocalypse. He, he recorded shy Hulud's demo. I think that was around 2004, maybe 2005. I don't know when the hell it was. It was somewhere <laughs> around. It was right around the time Exodus released, uh, temple of the dam. So what'd you say? Okay. That was? 2004. 2004. Yeah. Yeah. So it was around that time. Um, he recorded the demo. That demo eventually got assigned to Metal Blade. Um, and around that time, he did uh, maybe three to five tours with us on vocals. And uh, since our longtime bass player, Matt Fletcher, who's still a good friend, I, I talk to him all the time. He's got his own band now in Oklahoma. He's married with you know, a full-time job and two kids. And he plays in a band called Life Force. Oh, yeah. He, I've heard of that. I didn't know anybody yeah. actually lived in Oklahoma, though. So thank you for telling me that. But, uh, but I have heard yeah, Life yeah. Force, and they're, they're pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that's Matt Fletcher's band. I didn't know that. He played bass for us. For, yeah, yeah. He played bass for us for a long time. And when we do something new, he'll probably contribute musically because he, you know, he always had a lot of great ideas. He and I wrote Blood Ill Tempered together. Um, but since he's never gonna or rarely ever gonna tour again, and since he lives in Oklahoma, uh, Eric Dellen, who sings for Zombie Apocalypse and uh, sang for Shai Hulud on a tour or or, or five, uh, now plays bass. So okay. that's hopefully that clears that up a little bit. But <laughs> a little bit, yeah, no, 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 that does. But what, what I what I want to say after all that is that, like, so you're you're the only original member of Hulud, but yeah, the same people seem like they've had a hand in a lot of things, whether that's linear or not. Yeah. It seems like you you've got a you've got it's like it's like you got a little community around this band, and when you need somebody you're, to you're jump asking. in, they jump in, and when when you don't need them, they get out, you know, and that's it's a very cool thing. No, you're absolutely right. Because Eric Dellen has been um, a part of Shadowlud on since Blood Ill Tempered. Uh, his, aside from Geert's voice, the the voice that you hear second most on the record is is Eric's. He's he's all over it, uh, and he's been in the background working with me. Whether it's just like if I send him riffs and he says, "Oh, that would be cool," but why don't you try changing it like this? You know, uh, in that capacity, or he's, you know, he does some home recording. He helped me demo uh, a few songs. We're actually working on very, very slowly, but a couple things for Hulud and for Zombie right now. Um, when either, that's why I didn't even want to say that because I don't know when any of that stuff's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But. But Dallin, Eric Dellen has been in the background, part of the community that you mentioned for a long, since two, since at least 2003, if not earlier than that. So 
yeah, you're right. There, there are, is a community. You know, Fletcher left the band probably in, I don't know, 2010, 2009, maybe. Uh, he moved from Poughkeepsie, where we were all living, back to New York or back to Oklahoma. Um, but he's still in the community. So there's a lot of people that are, are that have been involved tangentially that are still involved. Uh, and and yeah, it's a, it's a nice little pool to have. Um, you know, some people have been on stage with us, some haven't, but everyone that's in that community is invaluable. Uh, you know, even off the top of my head, my good friend, Mark, who's just, uh, just a friend that likes the band. You know, he used to come see us in Poughkeepsie when we first moved there, but he slowly became, uh, more than just, uh, you know, a concert goer. He became a good friend and, I value his opinion as much as I value anyone else's. So we, I like to play stuff for him uh, that, and nobody would ever know that he's technically a co-producer of, you know, a lot of Shai Hulud and zombie stuff just because he's a friend uh, and he's definitely part of the community too. So yeah, you, you nailed it with that. That's very cool. And I, I think that's, a, that's a, again, not only just a, I think there's so many unique things about this band in this genre of music um one of one of them which is just the fucking name shy halud halud however you say it correctly you know, like that that's that that was off off you know seem seems off the wall now um for a hardcore band metalcore whatever the fuck we want to call it um just, you yeah. know just the 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 the, the song structures the lyrical style the the way you know i don't you know members come and go but they come back and they're you know here and there um but you have this really consistent kind of aesthetic um i don't know there's there's a lot of cool dynamics about shyhood that i don't think other bands touch on i think again i, I keep saying the word unique but i think it's a there's just a, a wholly unique thing about what you started and uh and i think it's very very cool Oh, well, you know, uh, I said this in, in a, a written interview not so long ago. When, when we started, you know, talking about delusions of grandeur, we, we, we wanted to be different. We, I, well, speaking, I can only speak for myself. There were members that I, I recall agreeing with me. But speaking just for myself, I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be something special and, to use your word, unique. Uh, so the first thing that, uh, that came to mind was, you know, let's not use a hardcore name. Uh, we used to joke around and say, you know, I don't want to name our band X tackle box X. That was the joke <laughs> back then. Um, but yeah, so we didn't want to use a hardcore name. So, uh, we were looking to the things we like and Dune at, at the time was, so much lesser known than it is now. And not that I think it's popular because of us. I think it's, you know, with the new movie coming out and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah. So starting off with the uniqueness is, it definitely stems from the name because, you know, if we were, if we were just X hardcore X, I mean, maybe some people would have heard us, but I, I, I have always thought the name was striking you know, Shai Hulud, what the hell is that? That would yeah. be something that I would want to take a listen to. I, I would want to check that out. 
So, yeah, I, I, I think we started off on the right foot. Where we went wrong, I don't know. But we, <laughs> we started <laughs> off on the right foot. Uh, we wanted to be different, and we chose the right name to be different, even though Revelation wanted us to change it. I don't know if you know that story. No. What's that story? Uh, it's, it's not a big story. They just they, We sent them the demo, the original one with Damien, and uh, they said, we want to sign you, but we need you to change the name. And, uh, you know, we were so terrified because we were young kids and <clears throat> we really loved the name Shia. I didn't even like it at first. Uh, it was uh, our bass player, our original bass player who, who uh, well, that's another story altogether. He, <laughs> he, he, he wanted to name it after a character. Uh, and I said, oh, the character Shia Lude. He goes, I guess so. And then one time we were watching the movie together. And he goes, yeah, that, right? That's, that's Shailud. I said, no, that's Third Stage Navigator. <laughs> and he said, well, that's what I want to name the band after. I said, you want to name the band Third Stage Navigator? <laughs> uh, no, we're not gonna, we can't do that. Plus, we already played a couple shows. So Shailud was. But Revelation wanted us to um, change the name. And we really wanted to sign with Rev. Uh, so it was a, a really tough decision. But we stood our ground. You know, I remember having to make the phone call saying, yeah, we definitely want to sign, but we're not going to change my, uh, we're not going to change our name. You is, know, that, like, is that how they ended up throwing you on crisis? Uh, no, I think we were, <laughs> I think we were slated for crisis either way. You know, uh, I, I don't think but, that I know of any other records on crisis or do I? And I just can't think of it off the top of my head. You, you probably do. Um, VOD released a seven inch on crisis. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, of yeah, course. Of course, I know VMD. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the well-loved but very underground band Willhaven. Do you know Willhaven? I do know Willhaven. Yes. Yeah, Willhaven released their first couple records on. I, I I believe their first couple records on Crisis. I could be wrong there, but definitely at least one, if not two, records on Crisis. Well, I, I so, had forgot. Yeah. I forgot you guys were even on Crisis, and I, I had my CD copy of uh, of uh, Hearts this morning listening to it and then I, I yeah. looked on the back I was like oh shit this like it, I mean, it says revelation but it also says crisis and it has a crisis catalog number it's a crisis record it's a crisis record <laughs> well now the you know the the remastered version is uh a, a revelation record but yeah originally it was all crisis um but yeah i i think that if we changed the name or not we would have been uh, relegated to crisis anyway because we were just a uh, you know a new band that nobody knew anything of from Florida which didn't at that point you know have a history of great hardcore bands shortly thereafter you know you had Poison the Well Morning Again Brethren Strong Arm you know tons of yeah. bands but um, yeah uh, so I remember making that phone call and my toes and fingers were crossed because, and I'm biting my lip, hoping they're going to say they're still going to keep us. And I remember them just saying, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was great that we, we got to keep the name. Um, but yeah, starting off and being different and, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, quote unquote special was, was always the original goal. And I, and I think the first good thing that we did was was choose the name Shagalud. Yeah, it'd be hard to argue Which otherwise. I, yeah, I, and I don't even know how the hell you pronounce it. In the movie, the 1984 version, uh, Stilgar says Shagalud. 
with uh, the long U. So I've gone with that. But you know, I've heard it pronounced so many ways. I don't think it matters. I think I've I think I've uh, evolved with the way I've said it over the years. So I I don't know where I started. I'm not sure where I'm at right now. <laughs> and you know, I don't think I've ever actually even watched Dune. And the only reason that I probably would have would have been because my 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 brother and stepdad when I was wearing your merch as a, as a high school kid, you know, we're both Dune fans and would reference it to me. And I had no idea what they were talking about until I got to, you know, just to know what you guys were about and figure out where you got the name. But yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I've got a lot of that. Uh, sometimes, you know, I come across something on YouTube or Google, uh, or, you know, somebody says, wow, shit music, but great name. <laughs> you know yeah you know where they came you know, probably from because they, yeah they they you know don't listen to anything remotely hardcore but uh they they read dune so right. yeah we've we've gotten some crossover with that which is it's cool it was really a, a it's a good name i'm glad we got it well that's I'm I, glad we didn't get food. yeah that's that's a good that's a good bonus but that's a that's a that's a very cool thing for you guys to early on put your foot down and say uh, we want it to be this. That, I, I, I didn't know that story, and I, and I really like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just the because because it takes it takes a little balls to say to to revelation. At that time, that's like revelation. Yeah, that's like the we label. Like 20, yeah, we were. It, it was you know. I I remember when we we got the contract to sign uh, for for revelation. And it was me and our original bass player, Dave. We were sitting, we're standing where I work at my job, which was a, a music store called Uncle Sam's in Pompano Beach. Um, for anyone listening that may remember <laughs> Uncle Sam's. Uh, but we were standing on the corner of, of this table and we're looking at this contract and looking at each other, not knowing, you know, should we sign? Are we signing our lives away? You know, I, I looked at the contract. I read a few words, didn't understand any of it. Neither did Dave. And we just looked at each other, kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, burn. And we signed it. <laughs> burn because of the band. Of yeah. course. You know, that was our way of saying, Hey, if burn signed. We're signing. Um, so yeah, it was a huge deal. And us, you know, kind of stepping up, that way and saying we didn't want to change the name um we we were terrified that they were going to not sign us but they they let that go really quickly i i was surprised so yeah all's well, all's well that ends well yeah so so i wanted to ask you a little bit about the uh the you you handle a lot of the writing of the lyrics right yeah yeah predominantly maybe um I don't want to take away from uh, other people who have contributed. Matt Fletcher, the bass player, uh, may never have written a full song lyrically, but he was always instrumental in, in helping move the songs along with, with uh, a few good lines here and there. Uh, so he was really important. Gear also uh, wrote some lyrics here and there. Um, our, our uh, maybe not our original drummer, but the the drummer from the Hearts record, yeah. Steve Kleisa. Uh I get credited a lot for this, and I I I love making sure that I correct people. But you know, arguably the biggest line on that record is um, "Words cannot express my disappointment." I didn't write that. That was Steve Kleisa. 
Oh. He came up with that. So yeah, he wrote he wrote a few lines on records too. Um, I, I guess it's fair to say predominantly I write most of the lyrics, but um, I, I wouldn't want to in any way undermine the people that also contributed. You know that really with some really really great lines. Well, that's so, that's very kind of you and and, and respectable too. Um, but the, but, but what, what I wanted to say about it is that the, um, I guess the, I don't know, what, what would you, what was your perception of what people think of the band lyrically? Like, like when I think about lyrics from, from Shai Halud, initially it's a, it's pretty negative, but yeah, I don't, okay. but I don't know that it's. But I don't know that you know, like, but as as a as an older, more mature adult now, I don't know that it is totally negative. Maybe it's everything. I don't yeah, know. So well, what's what's your what's your opinion on this? Um, I'd like to say that Shai Halud is positive. Um, personally, uh, we we had a. Uh, this is funny, and this is just going to make things more muddy. I think, <laughs> but a few years back, we had we had tandem t-shirts, two different colors. Uh, on the front was just the logo with a plus and a negative sign. And on the back of one, it said, I am not an optimist. And on the back of the other, it said, I am not a pessimist. Um, it was very confusing. I, I, think that, <laughs> I think that sums up Shai Hulud, um most accurately, which is we're we're full of contradictions because we're human. Um, you know, there's, you've got songs like reach beyond the sun and if a mountain be my obstacle. Um, and then you've got for the world, but even, even for the world, despite the fact that it says, I hate you in it, which uh, is something else I didn't come up with. That was Chad. <laughs> Originally it said, I love you on the demo written by Damien. Uh, and then Chad changed it to, I hate you. But even at the end of the song, you know, it ends with, uh, I, I can pull through. So I don't, I don't think that Shia has any song that's entirely just bleak and negative. Maybe the closest one that we have to being completely bleak is my heart bleeds the darkest blood. Yeah. Um, because even even profound hatred of man, you know, the title alone would make you think, "Wow, these guys are are you know pretty pessimistic and negative." But uh, uh, lyrically, you know, it, it says a world that's capable of triumph. Uh, you know, and, and the the whole crux of the song, um, you know, like I said, Steve's line: "Words cannot express my disappointment." It all comes from a good place, and the way the song starts lyrically. You know, it doesn't say, uh, I don't know what band would, but it, it doesn't say these hands are going to kill you. It says if these hands would only kill, you know, stating that even back then we knew better. You know, we knew that we're not going to kill anybody. We're not going to sing about killing anybody. But if these hands would only kill, this is what they would do because, you know, words cannot express my disappointment. So I... I to call to call Shiloh negative or pessimistic, I, I I don't think would be accurate. I think we're much more optimistic than we are pessimism, but 
But, you know, if you wanted to find pessimistic lyrics within Shailud, I, I could point you to, you know, plenty. But uh, at the same time, I could also point you to uh, plenty of lyrics that would counter those. Well, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's largely an unfair uh, analysis anyway, because any band, you know, it's, it's the whole, it's the, it's, it's fucking, uh, whatever you want to call it, art, you want to call it poetry, you want to call it you know, expression, it's, you know, who, who gives a shit in, in the general scheme, but, uh, but I just find it interesting that I know some people, you know, think of, think, like, think of some, some Shia Hulud lyrics specific, I mean, what's, what's the fucking, uh, what's like the opening, solely concentrating on the negative uh, aspects, <laughs> Like you know, they, they hear that and then they don't even they don't dig a little deeper. But I, but what I, what I was I guess trying to say is that like I, I forget which year Reach Beyond the Sun came out. Um, but when Reach Beyond the Sun I, came out, yeah, I remember listening to it and first of all, it it sounded completely like uh, Shyamalud uh, for several different reasons. But it, really, it's it's you know it's just what you guys do and. Uh, and it just sounded different to me, and I don't know. It sounded different, like it sounded a, a more optimistic, and not in words, not in lyrics. I, I don't know. I have no idea what it is, well, and I think it's an interesting thing that you guys are doing, have done. Well, you're 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 right about that, though. That that's a good point because the album "Misanthropy Pure" was is you know very clearly our heaviest and angriest record. Uh, at least I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'd agree. And the song, If a Mountain Be My Obstacle, was written back then because um, it was one of the three songs from the demo that got assigned to Metal Blade that Eric sang on. Um, and those two other songs made it on to Misanthropy Pure, but uh, Mountain didn't because... At the time, I thought it's too optimistic. It's it's just too positive. It doesn't fit. This record is supposed to be extremely pissed because I don't know if you know this, but it was um, it was an answer to that within Blood Old Tempered. We wanted that within Blood Old Tempered to be really. Uh, I remember when we were writing it and when we were trying to record it, uh, we wanted the album to be the word that kept coming up with seething you know we wanted like somebody to pick up the cd and go holy shit this thing is fucking pissed mm-hmm. um but for whatever reason because of the songs or the recording or the fact that uh, you know our amps weren't working as well as they should so they weren't heavily distorted um there, there was a, a review that was written from england that said that that album particularly was uh, an emo record of sorts. <laughs> so, you know, it's really funny because that one review almost spawned the entire concept of Misanthropy Pure. Like, oh, it's an emo record, is it? Okay, we'll give you an emo record. Uh, so that's why Misanthropy Pure was the way it was. But because it was the way it was, Mountain was saved. Um, and when we started writing material for Reach Beyond the Sun, and we wrote the song Reach Beyond the Sun, which, you know, it may very well be the most positive song that we have ever written. Extend, Outreach, Reignite. You know, it's extremely positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it felt like Mountain was more of a perfect fit for Reach Beyond the Sun. 
funny enough, and we still may use the title for something else, so I can't say the title, but we had an original title for Reach Beyond the Sun that we were going to use that's very, very negative. <laughs> uh, no curse words or anything, but, I mean, extremely negative. And I remember saying it to Chad, and he says, I can't be on a record named that. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, so we went for the more optimistic, and it, it kind of, it wasn't the plan. It, it just kind of all fell together that way. Well, uh, it, if, it, if I'm answering your question. Yeah, yeah, you are. And it, it all worked out very well. What, what's it like to writing writing songs, lyrics, and I mean, music in general? I, guess, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll just say, what's it like writing, um, I don't know, your music and then just seeing people go fucking off for it? Like, I know at one point when you guys played, that was that was my that was that was where what i was looking forward to for weeks you know it was just a chance to to watch you guys play and go as ape shit as i could and sing along and jump on people and and that that which puts you in a unique position that i mean realistically not many people get to experience is just you doing what you want to do what you like to do something you created and then watching people like fully re- react to it what is that experience like uh <clears throat> it's very rewarding it you know hardcore is the more so than i think metal or any other type of music it is the the self the instant gratification you get from being in a hardcore band is unparalleled um so you know seeing that reaction which all hardcore bands are spoiled because you know you you release a couple records and people start going off, but then when people stop going off, you think, oh god, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because you know you want that instant gratification. Um, but uh, yeah, that, it's a very rewarding experience. I remember we played a show, um, and it's very therapeutic. We played a show in in Germany. Uh, on our last European tour, which is a couple of years, well, geez, a few years ago now. Um, and I remember, I, I mean, I like to, I talk a lot uh, in between songs. I'll just say what's on my mind. And uh, we, we were playing a really good show. It was uh, a small show, but there was a lot of, well, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. There was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of care, uh, a, a, a lot of appreciation. Yeah. It wasn't a crazy show. People weren't going off, but there was a lot of very apparent appreciation in the room. And I just, I remember feeling how therapeutic it was. And I, I, I remember, you know, giving this a, a short, I hate to say speech, but whatever the hell it was. But I, I was definitely thanking the crowd because I appreciated the opportunity for me to jump and scream and yell and play and to have the appreciation for it, uh, it was very reciprocal, of course. And, and I found it extremely therapeutic. And I, I remember feeling fortunate that I was able to still do it. And I'm sure when I play live again, it'll be a similar feeling, but yeah, it's, you know, on a, on a more base level, it's just fucking awesome to see, <laughs> people go crazy you know when we when we first started uh in in south florida 
you know, we had a lot of friends in South Florida, so we played shows and all, all the shows in South Florida were always very well attended. Not, and I'm not talking about Shia Lute shows. I'm just saying shows in South Florida because everybody kind of knew everybody. And it was, it was, a. Uh, I I hope I'm remembering it right. But it, as I recall, a, a very united scene and we were all typically at everybody's shows. So, but just because there were people at the shows didn't mean that people would go off because we hadn't recorded anything yet. So people would come see us and, you know, like some of our friends that would go to our practices would maybe sing along in the back because they knew the songs from, uh, you know, watching us practice. But we never got a reaction. And I remember after the 7-inch Profound Hatred of Man came out, we went to play another show at the local club that we'd played 50,000 times before with in front of all of our friends, the same people that we'd known and we expected the same thing, like, yeah, all right, it'll be another show. And finally, I, I mean, I remember the first time that people started dancing and grabbing for the mic. And me and little Chad, Chad Gilbert, who's not so little, but <laughs> we had another Chad that was bigger than him. And plus, he was 15 at the time. <laughs> uh, so there was little Chad and big Chad. Right. But uh, I remember little Chad and I looking at each other. And I, I, if I remember correctly, our mouths go at the same time, like, holy shit. He, he's like holding out the mic so people could sing along while he's looking at me and going, holy shit. Uh, and that was the first time that we ever experienced that. And it really is, it's, it's uh, without sounding corny, but I mean, no one's going to disagree. It's a beautiful thing. It really, it really is. Um, and I, I, I hope that when we, are allowed to play shows again that it'll happen again i hope so too and i think it should but you know the, the, you brought up a, a couple of good points there well the thing that i thought of was uh maybe you know the people going off to your your shit just don't got a long shelf life you know like <laughs> so maybe it's not that people stop giving a shit it's just people stop stop wanting to get hurt you know like like yeah. I'm, I'm not going off for you guys i don't give a fuck how good you play all right, you can come up here and you can play right down the road for me at the Chameleon Club like you used to, and I'm not going off. Even though I used to, I'm still not going to do it. <laughs> so maybe well, that's hey, maybe I that's a sign of longevity. Uh, maybe, yeah. You grow out of people moshing. I, yeah. I mean, it's got to happen. Uh, you know, um, so uh, all these new bands that are coming up now, and having these great reactions, you know, enjoy it while you can. That's right. It's, it's not, well, you know, it probably doesn't stop for hate breed. Yeah, I but that's a that's a different thing happens for hate breed now, though, right? I'm not sure. I yeah. haven't seen them. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen hate breed. It's it's been a while since I have but, too. Um, but I th- they actually just came out of the record. I think last week, last Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm very. <laughs> the only thing, the only new things that I've listened to this year, I think, are. The New Testament, and I, I, I just heard uh, the new Sodom record, who I, I know you interviewed not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, I just had on, I had on Mr. Angel Ripper, which is a very very weird Sick. thing. But that's a, that's a right, so, so for me, and, and, yeah, and you're one of these people for me too, that like, you know, I'm just a dude who just listens to music, right? And that's all I've ever been. Um, so to have these conversations with people like Tom Angel Ripper, or Brian Tatler, or um, Tommy Victor, or, you know, all, all over the place, um, hardcore metal, oh, wow. yeah, all, all over. Um, 
like right now I'm just sitting in my garage talking to you and you're a band that I you're you're in a band that I used to, you know, obsess over. Um it's it's a very cool thing. And uh it's and, and so I wanna thank yeah. you for taking the time to do this with me. Oh, sure. Are we done? I I mean I'm Still, I'm comfortable well, if you want to talk. <laughs> we, sh- we, we, we should wrap up here shortly. Otherwise, we'll go too long. Okay. But um, yeah. before, all right, this, I, I was a little um, hesitant. I, didn't, I was going to ask um, Rob Fish this back when I had him on. And I was a little oh, hesitant cool. and I didn't do it. So I thought, uh, now I have Matt Fox on. So I ask him because you seem like you'll be open to it. But um, what, and this is a very serious question, so please uh, take oh. your time with it. But what is exactly is it like being named after an animal? <laughs> named after an animal? Yeah. You mean Shai Halud? No, you, Mr. Fox. Me? Yeah, there oh, was Mr. Fox. Fish. Like- There's Mr. Fox. I couldn't say it to Mr. Fish, so now I got to ask Mr. Fox. What is, how is this, what is this like? Well, first of all, idiot that I am, I'm thinking, Matt? Matthew? Matt? What is he talking about? Uh, so, the worst thing about being named Fox, you know, if I looked like Brad Pitt, it would be one thing, but being called Foxy is always like a dagger in the heart. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it's like, I've seen in the, uh, well, when there used to be phone books, but you know, uh, I, I know there are people with the last name Pretty. Can you imagine being somebody <laughs> that's unattractive with the name Pretty? How terrible that would be. That's how I feel with, with Foxy. When somebody oh, calls me yeah. Foxy, you know, I go, oh, geez. In, in my own, I, I, <laughs> you could call me anything you want. I don't care. People call me Foxy all the time. But, uh, you know, somewhere in there, probably more so when I was younger, I just, it used to be like a dagger in the heart. I think, oh, God, I wish. But, uh, you know, I I didn't think about that. No, yeah. And, well, that's the only answer I got. Uh, It's (laughs) nothing that, well, it probably bothered me when I was a kid. When I was younger, I didn't like it. Now, I, I, you know, at 47, who gives a shit? Um, So, yeah, that's the only thing I can answer. (laughs) I would love to hear Rob's answer to that, though. You know, I would have loved to ask him, but he got, as you might be able to imagine, got kind of serious kind of quick. Although good. But you know he was uh, he was a, he was a good conversation. But uh, but when you start you start talking about one thing, and then it kind of feels a little weird to go back to what's it like being named after an animal. But I felt like I felt like I could go there with you. So I want to thank you for making me comfortable. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I found out I found out a couple of years ago when uh, my grandmother died that when uh, she and my grandpa were married, I think were married in Germany. Uh, and his last name was Fuchs, which uh, if I'm correct, which I may not be because it was somebody in the family just told me, but yeah, Fuchs is Fox in German. And when they, I don't know if they changed it or if America changed it, but when they moved here, uh, it was changed from Fuchs to Fox. So I could have been Matt Fuchs. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. You, you know, the, this this is a that brings up an interesting thing, and this is a totally off topic. Uh, well, no, it's off of that topic, but it's you know not not shy a little related at all. But my my wife is uh, was born in Italy. Right? She's a, she grew, born and born and raised in Italy, kind of some Germany, you know. But whatever. My point is though that like uh, her her real name is not the same 
I don't want to say it because I try not to, but her, her real name is not the same. Her, her name is not, her name in Italian is not the same as it is in English. And her brother's name yeah. is not, and I don't understand how that can be a thing. And I argue this all the time. It shouldn't matter. Like if I go over to, if I go over to Italy, you shouldn't be able to call me Danielli or whatever they saw. They, they say like Danielle, right? My name's Daniel. It should be Daniel here. Right. It should be Daniel there. But apparently your name's don't go don't go across borders like I think they should. And I, I find this very upsetting. Well, I, I dated uh, an Italian girl for a while. And, um, I mean, she would always call me Matt, but I, I guess in Italian and Spanish, for that matter, I'm Matteo, which is fine. That's that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool uh, upgrade. But, but, like, going from <laughs> going from Daniel to Danielle, that's not a cool upgrade. Ah, I always like the name Danielle, personally. I, can I call you that? <laughs> From here on sure, yeah, I guess that's fair. Right, I, I got myself into this. You can do that. But, okay. Hey, sorry. Back, back to back to Shihalud. And speaking of the, the things that we were talking about there uh, just before we got way off track, um, and uh, about all the cool experiences you've, you've got to have playing in this band for, yeah. what was it, 25 years now? Do you have a well? For, first, I want to say first, I want to ask an unfair question. Ask you what your favorite record is that you've done. Well, um, it's going to be the obvious answer, uh, but it's also the most truthful. Uh, my my favorite record that we've done would be "Reach Beyond the Sun." I, I, I think to to quote my friend Carlos of No Echo, um, Ooh, who I've had he on here as well. That it, it, to him, is oh yeah, oh awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, he said that it's uh, Shailud firing on all cylinders. And, and I agree with him. I think it's got the best of the best that we've ever done. I mean, your favorite song might not be on Reach Beyond the Sun. You know, if your favorite song is Profound Hatred of Man or, or Given Flight by Demon's Wings or Set Your Body Ablaze. But um, it's, it's got our strongest material to date. Uh, it's, it's smart without going over the top, which is a tendency that I have. Um, I tend to overcomplicate because I get, I get frustrated with things that I write. And I think it's, you know, it's not clever enough. It's, it's, it's too common. Anyone can do that. So I, I tend to go back and rewrite and overcomplicate things. That was a, a good thing about having Chad Gilbert uh, as producer because he, you know, you know, with newfound glory, they definitely don't overcomplicate anything. No, no, um, they don't. You know, yeah. So he, we, we met in the middle because I would try to, like I said, rewrite and overcomplicate. And he'd say, "What are you doing? Just keep it to, just just like this is perfect." So that was a good balance. Um, but yeah, reach beyond the sun for for those reasons. Um, lyrically, I think it's one of the best records we've got. Uh, it, it's up there. That was Bottle tempered lyrically is also um, a, a, a favorite of mine. Lyrically speaking, musically I like it too. But uh, I, I really thought that we did a great job lyrically on Bottle tempered. But to just keep my answer somewhat short, uh, my favorite record would be Reach Beyond the Sun. Well, that's a very that's a that's a pretty reasonable answer, and I think that's I I, I think there's to me there's three options for best record. For, for you guys. And that's yeah. that's hearts, hearts blood tempered and reach beyond the sun. sun. Yeah. And and so <laughs> is, yeah, I mean it, it's pretty pretty easy. 
uh, obviously we both knew what we were going to say right there. But um, and, and I think I personally, for me, I th- I think it's probably I don't know. Like I was thinking today, do I like like that within was really uh, important to me at a time, right? It was like I, I remember, I, and this is how you and I got to talking. I I pre-ordered it from a from a CD store, right, and waited for it to get there, and then it, somebody they sold it to somebody else. Like it was this record I was anticip- anticipating for so long. Um, and then when I finally got it, I loved it and, and I still do love it. But then I think I like more songs on hearts, but then like you're saying, I don't, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's a weird thing. Like, so it's, so it's a good problem to have. It's hard for me to nail down which, uh, which, which album I like best. And then the two splits I love. And of course the, you know, a a profound hatred of man has some fucking fantastic songs on it too. So it's anyway, but I'm kissing your ass here a little bit, but I'm being genuine. Um, I, lo- I love a lot of the shit you guys done. You guys have done. Um, and oh, it's, I appreciate it. it's been decked. That's a cool thing to do to put out uh, decades of, even if you only do it once every five years uh, to have decades of good music uh, that people appreciate is a, is a very cool accomplishment. So that brings me to, I think, which maybe we'll make this the last question here. Um, and sure. hopefully the answer is a little different than what I just said is a similar question. But what are you most proud of with Shai Hulud? Uh I'm I'm proud of the band overall. Uh, that's a good question. What am I? I I'm 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 proud of the band overall through all the, the tumult and you know lineup changes. And with everything that every band goes through, not, you know, we're no different than any other band. Um, but I'm proud that we made it through on the other end to where people still want to hear the music. The people that are involved in the community still want to play it. Um, I'm, I'm really proud. You know what? I've got, I've got a more concrete answer for you. Um, back I don't know when it was. I was probably a teenager, but I, I was listening to Master of Puppets, go figure. That yeah. was my album <laughs> for my teenage years. Um, I'm listening to Master of Puppets, and I remember loving it so much. That, like I, I, I had this just outpouring of love for Master of Puppets and Metallica. And I thought to myself, wow, what a beautiful thing, how lucky Metallica is to have people think of them in that way. And I remember thinking, wow, no band that I ever play in will ever have anybody feel about us the way that I feel about Metallica. Um, And I was, I was proven wrong. Um, I'm not saying that anyone that felt that way about us is right. I'm not saying that yeah. we deserve it. Uh, but we've definitely had people at maybe not for their entire lives, but people at one point, some people at one point or another in their lives, uh, felt as strongly about Shai Hulud as I felt about Metallica. And I'm, I don't know if I want to say uh, proud doesn't seem the right word, but I'm I'm really thrilled about that. Uh, I'm I'm tickled even. Uh, no, I, I think that's a, a beautiful thing. So if you want to apply proud to it, that that works. But well, yeah, I think, that, I think, that, that's something. 
I think that? we can do that. I think we can do that. I think you can call that proud. And I, and I, I can tell you that I, I was pretty much one of those. I, th- I don't know if this is true. I don't know if I remember it correctly. But I think I might have had you guys sign shit for me when I was younger. Like, <laughs> like you know, I was one of those kids. Um, like, hey, so, I'm one of those kids now. Yeah, so, so I get it. Like, you know, I don't know. You, you, you did achieve a level, of, I don't, and fuck it, fuck success. You know, as a, as what that means, whatever that means. But you know, like you, you got you, you've did something that has meant something to a lot of people, and that's a very cool. Yeah. people all over the world. That's insane. Yeah, it, it's true. And uh, that's and, plenty and to be I'm proud of. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely proud of that. Um, you know, going to Japan for the first time. And uh, having people sing along there was really crazy, you know, because we could communicate only through the music. Right. You know, after the show, there was nothing we could say to each other except for, you know, thank you and uh, arigato. But, um, yeah, so there's plenty to be proud of within Shailud. And and I'm really happy that that there's still a facet of us going uh, and and honestly, talking to you, uh, you know, and people like you, with all, all the kind things you've said, which I appreciate, really make me want to, you know, keep it going even longer. So, until the next time, there'll be there'll be something. I don't know when, I don't know where, but it'll happen. And uh, I hope at least you'll be around to check. Yeah, it out. I'll be here. And hey, we, we all got nothing to do but wait right now anyway. So now it's now's a good time to drag it out. So keep <laughs> so keep doing it. But Matt, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to have this conversation. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm glad I got to do it. Uh, likewise. Yeah, likewise. And uh, one last thing, just uh, forgive me for the excess of words. That's just how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I read your lyrics. I know how you talk. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> All right. Later, man. All right, my
So there you have it. That was my wonderful conversation with the great Matt Fox from the incredible Shia Hulud. And the song that you just heard there was Reach Beyond the Sun from Reach Beyond the Sun, uh, Shia Hulud's last full length. Uh, I believe that came out on Metal Blade. I'm sure it's available everywhere. Or maybe it's sold out everywhere. How about that? Let's tell you it's sold out everywhere and you can't have it. But if you find it, you should be very special and buy it. Um, I know I would if I were you, you lucky dog. Anyway, uh, I was was not uh, blowing smoke about how important Shai Halud was to me, is to me. Uh, Played a very important, uh, was a soundtrack to a lot of cool stuff in my life. I, I used to always say my, you know, before I had better days, my favorite day of all time at one time was when my school caught on fire and uh, I didn't have to go to basketball practice. I got to leave basketball practice early and that meant that I could go see Shai Halud with Andrew W.K. And uh, I didn't give a shit about Andrew W.K. at the time. Still don't really, but it ended up being one of the most fun shows that I've ever seen and uh, I got there just as uh, Halud was taking the stage. And it was a, a really cool night. At the Chameleon Club down the road in Lancaster, which is now shut down. So, okay. So the only thing still going from that memory is Shai Halud. All right. That's all right. But uh, thanks, Matt, for all you do with that band and uh, for taking the time to have this conversation. Truly do appreciate it. I think I said that a bunch of times, but I mean it. All right. That's going to be it for this one. This is definitely the longest episode I've done in a little while, and uh, so let's let's not drag it out any further. The website's coming along. Instagram's still there, at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast, uh, at getting it out pod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash getting it out podcast is still there. The Patreon, patreon.com slash getting it out podcast. Please go there. Most importantly, though, just tell people that you listen to the podcast. Share it. Uh, like, rate, review. Those things are hard to buy, but if you can, like, like it, rate it, review it, review it. Five stars, of course. Give it five stars. You can give it five. I'll take four, but I want five. All right, and uh, and and that's about it. Um, I'm gonna end this one with a new track from a band that I also loved in high school. It's Il Nino. Yeah, Il Nino. Do you remember the the album Revolution Revolution? You don't. Well, you should. Great new metal record. I remember when when I got on this kick where I decided that everybody I knew didn't like enough good music. I, I started making uh, mixed CDs. It was like two songs from each band. And I would just go and give them to people because I thought they needed to change their musical taste. And I remember on the CDs was Shai Halud. And there was E-Town Concrete. And there was Il Nino. It was this weird mix of... Uh, Hardcore Glassjaw was probably on there or something. It was this weird mix of hardcore and new metal and uh, I don't know punk rock, whatever. I was the same same way I listen to music now, and uh, and uh, so I'm glad to see El Nino's back. I never really listened to him much outside of that uh, Revolution Revolution, and I've heard there's been some issues with the band since then, but that's okay because they have a new song. It's called Mascara or something. It's it, or it might be Mask Mascara. I don't know. I just feel like it's not. But uh, it could be. And in Spanish, you know, there's an accent on it. God, I just don't know. I'm, I'm awful with language. I'm barely making it through English. Anyway, here it is. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
me. Not a new. I can't give you the name. You're gonna tell me. I, I tell you! Your friend betrayed you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.